1: My friends, today is the final
0: guest episode of season four. I will be bringing you some kind of season finale next week, but I just want to take a moment today to celebrate and thank all the guests who I've chatted to this season. There's been something of a shift that's happened with the way I want to talk about chronic illness, and I think I kind of tapped into that before season four, but season four has really solidified that. Um, and yeah, I'm going to talk about that more next week, but for sure, it has been hugely facilitated by everyone I have welcomed onto the podcast this season. For this last episode, I, or guest episode, I'm talking to Caitlin Gwynn. She is a friend and fellow small business owner who is so full of color in every possible way. Caitlin is a creativity coach and small business cheerleader and she believes creativity makes the world go round. Caitlin talks a lot about how creativity has made her a better business owner and in prioritising her own creative needs and playtime during a period of burnout she has been able to help others do the same.
2: It's so useful and beneficial to just have something else in your life to remind you yeah. that you are a multifaceted human being yes and that you are not your chronic illness, you are not your business, you are not whatever else you've got going on in your life like it's it's much bigger. It's, it's a much bigger thing than that.
0: Caitlin creates experiences to help bring the fun back to freelancing and to help you unleash your own unique creative self-expression. Creative or unique self-expression is something we talk a lot about this episode. Because if you're a person who has been categorised into either being creative or not, that's something you might want to revisit. Rumour has it, she is also about to launch a podcast of her own, so keep your ear to the ground about that. Creativity or creative self-expression for me has always been an outlet during my journey with my health and in life in general. But what I didn't expect was to discover how much of the creative process, how so much of learning how to express yourself can be used as a metaphor and as a training ground for healing and learning to live at peace with your chronic illness. Caitlin is a beam of light and her creative superhero ways are infectious. Now, I mentioned in the last episode that the waitlist for your chronic illness ally was going to be open this week, but I totally forgot that I'm not running a waitlist this time around. I am, however, running an early bird 20% off offer, which is huge and also gives you instant access to the members' library. The early bird ends on Wednesday the 15th of Feb, and if your chronic illness ally is something that you want to join this year, briefly pause this episode whilst you head on over to my website, there will be a link in the show notes, and check it out. Welcome to the Reframing Chronic Illness podcast with me, Alana Holloway. The place where you get to see your chronic illness in a different light, where you get to call on its wisdom and intelligence to help you feel how you want to feel, be how you want to be and live how you want to live where all of who you are is embraced and celebrated, chronic illness included. I am so happy that you're here. Caitlin, I think I'd love to start by talking about um, how we can use creativity in our lives as a force for good, as a healing tool, in fact, and something that perhaps isn't even thought of as a healing tool, but is actually an amazing one.
2: Mm. Yeah definitely so the kind of um, the reason I wanted to go on this creativity journey and kind of bring business owners along for the ride as well was because it had been a healing tool for me in uh, a phase of burnout I had towards the end of 2021 oh my goodness Mm -hmm. that feels like a long time ago Um, (laughs) (laughs) but when I was kind of recovering and like figuring things out and kind of trying to get like trying to feel more normal i guess it was the creative stuff that really like helped me kind of ground myself really helped me to like rethink my priorities and get like a bit of perspective on it because i think when we work for ourselves it's so like hectic and full-on all the time all the time all the time um and i'd completely just like lost perspective i was like well my whole life is my work now and i just there is just no like there's just nothing else so gradually by kind of coming back to things like you know just cooking a meal or like reading a book or something like that I was able to kind of yeah just come back to myself a bit I guess um which sounds quite cheesy but I kind of feel like that's like what it was and when I did some more reflection on it I realized that creativity for me personally has been that real like tool for healing for my whole life I think actually um I grew up an incredibly awkward child and a less awkward adult. Um, but it was like doing creative stuff that really helps me be like, oh, this like makes me feel good, like nothing else kind of matters, like this makes me feel good. I like doing this, and you know, you build up friendships with people that way and stuff. And I just think it's like amazing. Like I see it firsthand when I work with people, when we do creative activities together. I see people like visibly kind of drop their shoulders and visibly like Mm. ah like oh okay I feel better now um and it's always been that for me so it's like share that with other people it's like amazing I could talk about the benefits of it all day probably
0: (laughs) yeah no I love that and it's interesting to hear you say that it's something that's been with you throughout your whole life because for me that's the same um I've always been a very um I mean, in fact, I would say that I was creative in school because I wasn't academic. So Mm. I didn't kind of fall into that, like, typical academic thing. And sports, again, I didn't fall into that, um, you know, that kind of typical athletic kind of sports. And so what was left was, like, the creative arts, really. And um, so for me, I do feel that has been nurtured in my life. And therefore, I found it something that has been easier to turn to um as a tool and it perhaps wasn't even flagged as a tool for me until I was in therapy and you know talking through the kinds of things that I liked doing and and you know would like to bring bring into my life again um but what would you say for people who because there's this myth isn't there really that and I have definitely subscribed to it that you're either creative or you're not um or and I don't know if that's a bit of like ownership over this thing that I found that I was good at in school you know because oh well I'm creative and you're academic but actually that's not the case is it
2: no definitely not definitely not and I think yeah like you said I think there's definitely that thing of societally we like to kind of put people like in boxes and stuff anyway Mm. and um and I always found that I was very academic in school so that was like my so that was my box Mm and I think we get these labels chucked on a at It's such a young age, don't we? And we end up kind of carrying them around like for forever basically until we do things like therapy and we're like, oh wait, more than one thing can be true at a time. Yeah. Like, my God. Um. And I think it's the same with like being creative and not being creative. I think, again, because I think we have such narrow, like being creative is, you know, you have to be able to draw and you have to be able to paint and that's what it is. And it's mm-hmm. nothing else um and i think i definitely like there's probably creative stuff i didn't pursue when i was younger because i was like well i can't i can then draw stick man like i can't <laughs> i'm not a creative like who am i to call myself that you know um i think it's the same like i think not in my experience anyway working with the people i have is that the not creative people kind of always think oh well i'm not you know i'm not like an eccentric You know, like, I don't have pink hair and dress in bright colours. Like, I'm not a creative. And I'm like, no, no, no. You don't have to look like a kids TV presenter. Like, you don't have (laughs) to, like, do those same activities. It's it's whatever you want it to be. I think at the heart for me, creativity has always been about, like, unique self-expression. And everyone has access to that. Absolutely everybody. And it doesn't matter whether you find it through something more like traditionally creative like drawing or whether it's something like you know looking after plants um like baking um i'm trying to think of like weird creative activities people have brought to me like coloring in it can look like whatever we want it to look like because it's unique to us
0: Mm, totally and you mentioned cooking earlier um and cooking is definitely like one for me and um recently i've been like in fact, my partner was going through a really um, tough time with his health like a couple of years ago and he was in hospital for a long time and I couldn't do anything but like DIY. That was the, and that was my creative outlet. Like, um, and it, I, my brain couldn't function in any other way than to like do. And it was such a, a healing thing for me, but it was, it was such a way that I was able to like work through everything that was going on. Mm. And it's, yeah creative self-expression and unique self-expression I love that because it's kind of like that outlet isn't it for the way you're feeling and then however that manifests that is your creativity Hmm. um how can people start to like own that a bit more
2: I think it's embracing the fact that not everything is going to work out how you want it to which is why I'm a big believer in like embracing it as a kind of self-care practice because I think it encourages you to make mess and to like be imperfect and to maybe do things wrong and mess things up Um, but like in kind of a safer way that doesn't feel quite so like you know if we were cooking something and we were like oh God, I think I've put a bit too much, I don't know, cumin in here or whatever, and it's not quite right. Then we, Not the we, cumin? No, not the cumin. Oh my God. It's because I'm thinking about dinner, Alana. That's
0: right. No, but um. I, no, I love cumin, but you really can't put too much in, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like, I've ruined it.
2: Yeah, and you kind of like, you might have that thing where you're like, oh my God, I've ruined it. I've really messed this up. But I yeah. think like, it encourages failure in a bit of like a less, like a less high pressure, high stakes thing. Because you just go, oh gosh, silly me like never mind like you know and just kind of move on from it um and especially when you're learning to do something as well um I talk about this a lot because first lockdown obviously all I did was like sew and make banana bread and (laughs) not everything worked out like some of it went like really really wrong and you just kind of go oh well you know that's that's a shame but it doesn't it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things it's it's fine that my banana bread you know the bananas weren't
0: ripe enough or whatever you know yeah I as you're talking I'm thinking like how actually that process is a huge um learning ground for acceptance and compassion so you know that acceptance that that it might not work out how you want it to work out and and that's okay and then to be like that's okay you know like me I, I still love myself Right, like I still can can I can still have kindness and care and for myself even if my banana bread is flat or whatever it is or Mm. and those and the acceptance of like letting go of that result a bit is when we're on these healing journeys I think we really get fixed on um, that end result right we've Mm -hmm. kind of and and that's just I think the way we're um, we're conditioned to like behave is to say I do this xyz thing and then I expect p or whatever I don't know um you know at the end and that is not how it goes with our health and Mm. and I think a huge part of learning to live with your chronic illness as your ally and and your friend and your guide is letting go of that idea that whatever you do will result in your chronic illness not being there or going away you know it's learning to live with with all these kind of surprises and um and differences and and embracing them and then showing yourself compassion for that at the end as well
2: mm-hmm. yeah definitely I think it's about the process as well you know mm-hmm. I think similarly to any kind of I guess like self self work on ourselves we kind of have to really embrace like the journey and the fact that you know it's not. It's not about the end point. It's about like the journey we take from like A to B and what we learn mm. on the way there. Um, and I think it's a like a similar kind of thing. I think like I, again, I, I see it a lot with kind of people I do creative activities with generally, where it's kind of like, oh, you know, I I had fun along the way. It doesn't matter that it kind of turned out a bit crap or whatever, you know. But like, you have that thing of, you have the thing that you made. If that makes sense, you're like yeah. Oh, you're like oh well you know like this uh, going back to the banana bread thing um it's like well I did it I like I have I have a nice thing I can eat in front of me and like that's amazing it doesn't matter it's not perfect it's you know I had fun doing it and I get to eat eat it afterwards you know
0: yeah and you can like still be proud of of taking that step because like how many of us sit in that place before starting something because oh you know of being scared of that end end result or it not going right or I mean my sew- sewing is one for me like my sewing machine you know I did textiles in school I know how to use a sewing machine I've made things in the past and yet like when it sits in the cupboard for 364 days of the year because I am you know like scared of I don't know I don't know what I'm scared of it's you know of if, if it not going right or yeah and it's so how how can we start something creative how can we get tune into that creative and unique self-expression a if we're scared to do it but also you know thinking about living with chronic illness um we might be low on energy we might be low on you know mental space or time so how can we like practically bring that into our lives for
2: me it's always like like two-part a thing for me I think it's that self-compassion piece that like we've been talking about and just saying and just kind of really like learning to trust yourself and learning to accept that whatever you do it's fine um and it doesn't have to be you don't have to like create a painting that's gonna sell like um, you know go for a million pounds or you're gonna be the next banksy or whatever it's like I'm gonna I'm going to accept whatever I come up with and just accept that this is what I'm doing to relax. And this is just going to be like a nice time. Um, -hmm. and also as well, I think with that acceptance piece is practically finding what you enjoy doing and what, and having, I guess, a range of things on backup where like, if you are short of time or short of energy, um, because I have days like that as well. I don't have a chronic illness, but I definitely do like have different things for different like energy. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, like 100%. Because there'll be some days I'm like, oh, do you know what? I don't want to be on my phone today, but I don't want to pull out my sewing machine either. How can I find that like happy medium? And normally I'll just be like, oh, I'll read a book for half an hour, or like, I'll journal for a bit. So I think it's like finding the activities that we like doing rather than the ones we think we should be doing, because it makes us, like, more proficient at being creative and yeah. relaxing and resting and stuff. Yeah, we get that stuff. tick, yeah. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So, yeah, I think it, I think it's the two for me. I think it's the practical bit of what can I do in a short space of time um, and not make things harder for myself by trying to be overambitious or, like I said, like, trying not to do things we think we should be doing and also, like, that self-compassion piece as well, I think
0: hmm and you've talked a lot about on your instagram you've talked been talking about boredom recently and like mm-hmm. that um you know when you don't want to be on your phone or you don't want to watch tv it's like what else do I do and I've been sitting with that quite a bit recently and like um it's almost like I have to do something and and I've been trying to get out of that right I've been trying to just allow myself to literally sit and stare into space but also there are times when I would like to have something to kind of, I don't know, occupy my mind or, or um yeah, maybe it is that I need the outlet, you know, it's, it's, there's something that needs to come out of me. And so having those kind of few different things like around to, to be able to pick up, whether it be a book or a recipe book, you know, I love looking through those and thinking, Um, You know, oh, what I'm going to cook, and then that gets my creative, my creative brain going. And you know, I might not put this uh, spice in there; I might put cumin in there (laughs) instead. You know, Um, and it it gets those like juices flowing, so to speak. And and I think that way of um, actually, can we talk about boredom for a minute? And as boredom, as yeah, what have your what have your kind of things been with boredom at the moment?
2: I think. I definitely recognize it in myself. What you were just saying about I have to always be doing something, like I have to always be doing something. I think, like business owners especially, I think it's really difficult to be like, well, I've got a, no- a never-ending to-do list, so I may as well just keep going, like mm-hmm. until the end of time, basically, which is like so like mentally like awful for us <laughs> uh, in so many ways. Um, but I definitely recognize it in myself, where like my burnout was coming from a place of like i can't i can't do nothing like i it's not safe for me to do nothing like i have to always be productive and i think that's a separate rant um by itself about you know capitalist and toxic productivity and yeah 100 but um what was i saying yes boredom. so boredom <laughs> um yeah i And i always get really good ideas from like not doing anything from like not having my phone or not having my headphones on that's a big one for me as well yes if I've got my headphones on like I, I'm not processing like anything else no which obviously sometimes it's fine but it's like this morning for example I was like Do you know what I'm not gonna put my headphones on on my way to the gym and I ended up like talking to loads of people and like noticing things like I wouldn't have seen normally and it's because I've kind of let my brain wander a bit and not focus on something yeah um so yeah, boredom is like a really essential part of any creative practice, I think, or just being a human generally. I don't think we have space to be bored anymore. And I think, you know, it means that our brains can't subconsciously do all that amazing stuff they're doing in the background and things like that. And I think it means we don't like get enough rest either, like mm-hmm. mentally, because we're like, well, next thing, next thing, next thing. Um, What am I scrolling through? What am I looking at? Like, you know etc cetera, etc cetera. um so yeah i think boredom's really really important i kind of shared that message on my instagram as much for me as i did for anyone else really because i was like well i, I know it does me good like i i it's nice being bored and it's nice kind of just oh i'm gonna look, i'm just gonna stare out the window for a bit and like you know oh look at that bird over there and whatever and you know
0: and just really notice things because the only time i mm-hmm. suppose we allow our brains to be bored is just as we're going to bed and for me like that's a huge thing I will sit in bed and my creative brain will be like bing you know and I'll just be like oh problem solving I'll like um because that for me like problem solving is a huge part of my creative outlet and it's that like um okay I want to build this thing for example and right how am I going to do it and how oh and you know when I come to that bit how am I going to work around that and Mm. like that's really a thing for me and In that like I think not only is creativity you know being creative in that in that kind of self-expression way extremely important but training that that muscle of creativity in our brains is a really key part I think of of living with chronic illness or any kind of um difference or divergent thing you know burnout for example it's like you need to be able to tune into yourself and ask like what is my way forward and in that I think that creative thinking that creative muscle is so important because each way will be unique for for each person right it's not as we all know it's not something that you can buy a handbook for that's going to tell you how to work through and move forward a certain thing so aside from I suppose creative practices how do we engage that that creative way of thinking
2: that's a very good question um I think it's from like I found it for me personally getting back in touch with myself which I've kind of like mentioned already but I've I always noticed that when I'm not really not thinking straight but when I'm like Oh my god! I can't figure this out. Like I'm really stressed. Like uh, it's the times where I'm kind of so tied up with my own anxiety that I'm not like seeing things and I'm not like able to engage that that same muscle Mm -hmm. that allows us to kind of move through problems and stuff. Um, like I did it like last night. I couldn't. I couldn't find a pen. Like I. I and it was the most stressful thing. Um, and I think getting to engage in that creative thinking and the problem solving and the thinking up solutions stuff i think for me it kind of comes from really like taking a breath and like getting back to myself and kind of getting a bit grounded and being like i've you know not not letting the anxiety rule the show i guess and just kind of yeah yeah it's an interesting question actually i hadn't like yeah I don't know that's what that's one for me to ruminate on I think I think um it's definitely like a muscle it's definitely like something that a creative practices help me engage with mm-hmm. but yeah I don't know I wish I had like a nice easy like nice answer to that
0: I love what you've said about it though because you've <clears throat> you've talked about that kind of getting in touch with yourself and really tuning in and thinking you know okay so because I think probably like yeah we've talked about creativity being this you know free kind of expression of stuff but I also do think that problem solving is a huge part of it not in a kind of um really regimented way but in a way like I want to use this pink thread for example for this thing and and that weight of that thread is going to be the best you know for this job or um and and in that you know tuning into kind of what do you need in any moment? So it could be something really tactile. Like, and so then I think that can perhaps um take you towards a certain, certain creative outlet. For example, if it's, you know, something I want something really soft, not something really hard. So, you know, I'm not going to be building something, I'm going to be crafting something, maybe. And and then recognizing that, because I'm thinking about my sister. She's, you know, she's always says, I'm not creative or, oh, you and my other sister, you know, are way creative, more creative than me that you've got those genes, you know, and, and she doesn't allow herself to, to kind of go there and, and allow that part of her brain to open up. So I'm also thinking, you know, we have mentioned obviously acceptance and compassion and trust in oneself, but also thinking there's this like shedding of belief about yourself and Mm. and challenging the beliefs you have about yourself
2: yeah definitely yeah I'm like really glad you said that actually because I think that that is like another big part of it as well is that we're never going to be able to think of creative solutions to problems if we've already said Mm -hmm. I will I just I just can't do it like I'm you know I think like one of the biggest blocks I think is ourselves like a lot of the time with any like self-development stuff sometimes as well as obviously like societal stuff but I think when we say to ourselves well I you know I don't like 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 the stupid example of me last night with my pet I was like well I just can't find it so I just can't do anything which is like which is absolutely ridiculous and and that was clearly like not the creative muscle in my brain like talking it was clearly like another part that was like oh my god everything has to be like just right and if i don't have the specific pen i can't do anything Mm -hmm. and i think we do that to ourselves like a lot of the time in situations like that um and what was i gonna say Yeah, I I think as soon as we say like I can't can't do this, I think we've lost the battle. So I think engaging that kind of what we were talking about earlier, we're just going to give this a go and we're just going to see what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, I think nurturing that part of ourselves in activities that are like safer, I think is like a really good starting point for like building up that muscle of like problem solving and like thinking through solutions and maybe thinking of like, Going back to um, the chronic illness stuff as well is that obviously any kind of chronic illness or having a neuro-spicy brain, as people call it, yeah, which I love. Um, me too. That, <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. That is problem solving in a lot of ways because you, you know, you kind of have to go, well, what's best for me right now? How can I do this thing that I want to do, but you know, with with what I have? Um, and I think it's like a similar, yeah, a similar kind of problem solving thing.
0: Totally. And I was doing, um, so the pillars we've been talking, you know, the kind of things we've been talking about, the acceptance and compassion and self-trust and letting go of, of, you know, these kind of, um, walls we hold around ourselves are pillars of my philosophy, but also I was, um, doing like a a planning session at the beginning of the year, which is, you know, chronic illness informed way of, of, planning and living. And that is so much about problem solving and creativity because you ask that question, how can I do life, the life that I want to to live in a way that supports me. And in that you have to like throw out so many rules, you know, throw them away and, and release yourself of these rules. And just, it kind of opens up the floor to, see what then, what then kind of sprouts up almost, you know, and, and it's things that we may have never thought about before as being ways or solutions or, um, approaches that we can adopt to, to live that life that really nourishes and supports us. Um, and that also kind of gives us, you know, what we want out of life. Right.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, oh, completely lost. I was so like interested in what you said. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I don't know if I've got anything to add to that. Because that's so, that's so good. But yeah, no, I, to- I totally agree. I totally agree. I think, um, especially when it comes to things like planning and things like that. And like, I love what you said about throwing out rules, because I hmm. think that's like a massive part of it. I think nothing is more restrictive to creativity and problem solving and creative thinking than like these self-imposed things that we have on us and these you know oh well we can't be creative if we're not x y or z or i can't solve this problem if if i'm not this particular type of person Mm -hmm. um or whatever so yeah i think yeah shedding those rules is like a really a really big and underrated part of it i think
0: Mm. i'm i've got this canvas that i bought um a while ago and then I did it and I've gotten to a stage where I don't like it and it's now sat there for months in a state where I don't like it um and so what would you say to someone like me who either has started something or hasn't started something and has got like you know we've talked about it but I'd love to have literally you know a few steps that you can take to to and to pick up that those, those paints again or or just starting something afresh like What would you say are the steps to doing that? If you have some, I don't know.
2: Um, No, I think I do. I think the first thing for me is like, and I I do a lot of kind of creativity co-working like Mm -hmm. sessions with people for this exact reason. Because I think as soon as you have like a timer or like something in place, I think that's like, it's such like a weird practical thing, but I've always found it works for me. Like I do it with myself all the time. So can you say to yourself, oh, I, well, I've got the evening free tonight. Hopper um, six, I'm going to go and like half an hour, I'm just going to get out all my materials and just take a look. And can I do like one in, you know, just like five minutes, like 10 minutes, just painting over that canvas or like maybe starting again or maybe looking at it afresh? Because I bet if you go back to it, it'll look different to how you remember it looking, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um so I think the time thing is, like, really, like, crucial. I think as soon as, because I do all the time of projects where I'm like, oh, I'll get back to it at, at some point. And then it just, like, never ever happens. Um, so I always I do it myself all the time where I'm like, well, I've got this evening. I'm going to, you know, set aside some time now. So do that first. That's, that's like, yeah. the one thing I would say to do. Um, I think that self-compassion thing that we've been talking about so much as well. Just saying you know it's fine if it's crap i can do it again it doesn't really matter nothing's ever really permanent um in that in that field of things mm. um and also like what's i gonna say also i think just doing something imperfect i think and just saying you know i'm gonna give this a go and if it and if it's not right it's like fine it doesn't matter um but also not being afraid to chuck it out if it's really like yeah if that canvas is really upsetting you just bin it off there's there's no there's no point carrying on with it and trying to like salvage it and whatever if it's just not working and it's just bad and you just hate it because you have to you have to love it as well as putting in like the time and effort and everything
0: else Yeah, it's like that sunk cost, sunk sunk cost thing in Majiggy, isn't it? You know, sunk cost fallacy. you know, where where you've put like, and actually, you know, thinking about that letting go and release, that is such a, an important part of, of actually the chronic illness journey as well, because there are so many things that perhaps people have tried in the past, and they really haven't worked out in the way that they, they thought they might have actually, um, you know, increased their symptoms or something. And, and learning to let go and release in that way, you know, quite easily, I suppose, or quite freely is is such a, a key thing to build. Um, and I love what you said about the time thing. So your, I noticed your creative co-working sessions yesterday. And I'm definitely going to sign up because I have been doing um, a couple of life drawing, like co-life drawing things. I don't Online. really know how you yeah, yeah. say it. Online. I've done two of them now. And, oh, they're so brilliant because it's just an hour and like you're with loads of other people doing it. And that's really cool. It kind of reminds yes. me of back of being in art school and kind of, uh, you know, doing our drawing sessions that we did there. And it's like, Oh, I've missed this so much. Mm. And yeah. Cause I think the mistake I make is I say, Oh, this evening, for example, I will do, um, you know, I'll do my painting or whatever. And then I've got this whole evening and not the time and not the, um, those those kind of it's ring fencing it's like compartmentalizing it a bit isn't it and Mm -hmm. I suppose and um something we do in the life drawing thing is we do three kind of um things at at the beginning three exercises at the beginning of the session where we like draw with our non-dominant hand and we have to draw in one one line continuously and then make it the worst we ever make it you know and it really just releases you of those like things that you have to get right for example
2: yeah 100 percent. and there is and there's nothing like doing it with other people as well like that is like such like an effective thing for me like i the amount of hobbies I've like picked up because I've gone and done it with a friend and it's like it's not just like a nice way to like hold yourself accountable because like that obviously 100% works as well but I think it's just like having that shared experience with other people as well and being like yeah which I also think encourages you to like not take it too seriously as well you know I um me and the and the wonderful person who does my nails we went to a crochet class together oh and we and we loved it because we were both like a bit crap But it was fine because we were like, oh, my God, look what I've done. Oh, my God, this is terrible. Oh, look at this. Like, oh, my goodness. And, you know, and it was like such like a nice like shared experience. So, like, I think, yeah, the power of doing something in a group is like really amazing. and You end up having such profound conversations with people as well.
0: Yes. Yeah. That
2: stuff really comes out.
0: Yeah. That kind of processing and that expression as you're doing something, it just allows your brain to kind of to go to those like depths of your Mm. of your thought and your consciousness and and bring out all these things and you're like oh you know and then how that kind of bounces off the other people um and my sister and I go to choir together um and it's like they call it's called rock choir it's all over the country but um it's not so kind of like really serious choir but we love to sit in the back row because we just have a bit of a laugh you know and it's like yeah. again that expression through through voice and like mm-hmm. I would say that's part of my creativity
1: yeah. um
0: and by the way this is the same sister who says she's not creative at all so I'm gonna tell her that tonight <laughs> when we're at choir <laughs> yes, um, yeah and um you know it's it's just we and when you mess up it's funny and like
2: yeah exactly yeah
0: and you can just, yeah, really have that like laugh with each other and and see how you adopt something that I suppose has, has got this certain way of doing it, you know, like notes and rhythms and whatever and just see how that comes out because, you know, not one person in that choir sings the same. Mm. And I love that a lot.
2: Yeah, that sounds so much fun. That sounds so much fun. I think like having things like that that, you can kind of, go and do i think everyone should have a hobby like full stop right yeah you know because it can it can look like going out of the house it can look like being in the house but i think you like it gives us those experiences with other people and obviously if you have solo hobbies as well um but um you just have like it just makes you like a more like well-rounded person i think i think it mm-hmm. just makes you like a bit more like you get to be out of your own head for a bit and there's been a lot said about kind of the mindful qualities of like you know like traditional crafting and things like that yeah um and it does like get you out of your own head which i think is like such like a valuable experience um so yeah everyone everyone should have a hobby basically that's the that's the that's the the (laughs) tagline
0: yeah (laughs) yeah and you know I, it's, I mean it's something I really really encourage my clients to do is to is to get those hobbies but also to to bring other things into their lives because a lot of the people I work with and this was certainly true for me is the quest for healing when your chronic illness is so much that it like takes over your whole life like the quest for healing also takes over your whole life and as much as I talk about working with chronic illness as your ally and your guide and your superpower and and being informed by it and really like having it as a partner in life that doesn't mean in fact it means the opposite of it having completely taking over your brain space which is a place that I was uh, was in in my life in this kind of life chronic illness balance didn't exist Uh, everything everything was about how do I get better how do I get rid of my chronic illness how do I do this also that I can then start to live but actually you've got to start to live and to bring in these hobbies and to and to find your passions and things you love whilst you're living with your chronic illness in like whatever state it's in and you might have found this with your burnout as well you know your burnout wasn't just going to disappear overnight these things helped bring you out of your burnout and and it's not that that's the only purpose at all for those things because again then you're just making it all about the healing or whatever Um, but it's it's about you know because i mean there was a possibility that people never recover from burnout right and Mm -hmm. and so what does that mean you'll never live because you're never going to allow yourself to do other things or Mm -hmm. does it mean that you can live with alongside it and if it goes it goes if it doesn't like I can let that go right as in the creative process
2: yeah for sure for sure yeah so it's um finding those alternative sources of joy I think
0: Mm -hmm. and
2: um and those like reminders that like it's not that serious like there are other things like away from it um I mean I always find that when I'm like when I was in my burnout I I I couldn't like see anything else like everything was just my business and yes you know And like how can I do this how am I going to do this like you know oh my god like I you know like I'm making less money this month so stressful like I've got to get this project done and what about my own stuff and you know and it really like in a, in a similar kind of way it really like took over my whole life and you just can't yeah you just can't see anything for anything like like i said earlier you kind of lose like that perspective like entirely um and i think yeah it's a similar thing here i guess i think it's like it's so useful and beneficial to just have something else in your life to remind you yeah. that you are a multifaceted human being yes and that you are not your chronic illness you are not your business you are not whatever else you've got going on in your life like it's it's much bigger it's it's a much bigger thing than
0: that yeah absolutely and and then like for me then that becomes like what life is about it's it is about you know we we so much think that life is at the end of a something but Mm. no life is about like working through all of these things and and that is the journey of life right is is whatever is thrown your way how to work through that and I think yeah creativity for me is just such a huge important part of helping me do that so yeah you asked um what creative activities do I personally love to do but it's also a question for everyone listening um so yeah having thought differently a bit about them in our conversation today like i i mean diy as i said there's been something that's been up there totally but then also the singing and the cooking um and yeah i think i think i love painting this is the funny thing isn't it you know i think i love painting yeah. but i don't know if i'm loving painting because or i'm trying to love painting a because i want to paint things for my wall so that is one thing so i've given myself that kind of Thing that we've talked about not giving yourself <laughs> that thing to have to get a perfect <laughs> <Yes>. outcome <laughs> um, or a good enough outcome to put on my wall at least um but yeah that's an interesting one so to i uh, yeah i want to encourage everyone to think more more deeply about what what it is they actually love doing but also what it is they're doing that perhaps they don't love anymore and give themselves themselves the freedom to let that go um mm-hmm. But I'd love to know for you what is what creative activities do you love doing at the moment, at least?
2: Well, at the moment, I've had to because I've been like unwell and I've moved house and stuff and my life's been very chaotic. Mm -hmm. So it's been a good time for me to think about well, what can I do that like isn't influenced by the kind of like external chaos like going on around me. So it's been reading like a lot like i love reading i'm a big learning nerd as well so like non-fiction books are like absolutely my jam um (laughs) and it doesn't matter what it's about i'll read pretty much like anything and everything um i've just started doing the artist way by julia cameron as well i
0: saw you were doing that yeah yeah,
2: the bible of creativity i guess um so a lot of like the exercises that have come up in there some of which are a bit like wild and wonderful but i love that yeah you've been doing
0: morning pages is that right yes. yes
2: yes which uh is a really interesting creative process because it's that thing of like I don't always love doing it but it's kind of like a dentist checkup, I guess it's like I hate, <laughs> it, I hate doing it but I know it's good for me and actually at the end of it I'm like oh yeah no okay that was that was that was fine I'm glad you did that actually um mm. which sometimes creativity is for me sometimes um and yeah I do a lot of sewing as well Which I absolutely love, like having something like two D and flat and making it into something three D is like a process I will like never get sick of. Yeah, I love. I built that. I made that. Yeah, like having materials for something and going, oh, cool! Like I did that. I turned it into something like completely different. So yeah, depend. It depends what what day you catch me on, what mood you catch me in. But yeah, those are like the activities that I'm kind of been doing like a lot at the moment.
0: Mm, oh, I love that and writing for me like actually yeah as you said it um, that's a huge creative outlet and I think a lot of that comes out actually in my work I use a lot of that kind of um, and I suppose creative energy up in my work because I'm writing all the time um, more than I've ever give myself credit for really um, so yeah that is and it really helps me I think, yeah, as we've alluded to actually a bit more, it helps me to get into those depths of my consciousness and, and mm. you know, have those conversations with my computer or people that I'm <laughs> communicating with, you know. Um, but yeah, I love that. So if you were to give, if you would like to end this, you know, podcast with a line of inspiration or something that you would say to like your friend or whatever who is, or something that you needed to hear who you would love to inspire to be more creative, what would you say?
2: Um, I'd say... Oh, that's a big question.
0: Alarm. I was just going to say I've put you on the spot. It. So sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Let me try and distill our entire conversation down to, like, <laughs> yeah. a, I think I would say, like, creativity is whatever you want it to look like. And as long as it's bringing you joy and, like, bringing a sense of mindfulness to you and a sense of joy to you, then like do it and find joy in it because it's like the best thing you can do for yourself like it's the best gift you can give yourself
0: I love that and you've said that with the biggest smile on your face so it's (laughs) warmed my heart
2: oh thank
0: you thank you Caitlin and can you tell everyone what you've you've got coming up I mentioned well we've mentioned your creativity co-working sessions but what how else can kind of people get involved in in creativity with you
2: um, so I put on a lot of, like, uh, different kind of events. Um, I've got, depending on when this goes out, I'm doing a craft afternoon, um, which is Love an it. afternoon crafting. I know, it's <laughs> going to be great. We're going to get together and just everyone works on a project for an afternoon, so that's going to be lush. That's happening uh, at the end of January. Um, I do have a masterclass coming up in February. Uh, for anyone who doesn't feel like they are creative, I'll be giving you all a bit of a pep talk and some kind of ideas of how you can get in touch with your inner creative side and bring it out more day to day so that's gonna be really fun um i also do one-to-one sessions if you want to go a bit deeper on creativity and maybe working on like a passion project or anything you want really as long as it pertains to creativity in some way or another um yeah my co-creativity club sessions as well that you can join in it's an ongoing membership and it's just great it brings me so much joy so yeah i've got a lot of stuff going on so if you do want to do anything with me i'm on instagram at kaylin the creative um which is where i live uh yeah and hopefully some of your listeners will get in touch it would be lovely to keep chatting about this with more people like i love
0: it absolutely i love your like superhero um Instagram name as well. It really reminds me of like, Kaden the creative. So <laughs> that really I love
2: that.
0: Put a smile on my face. I'm definitely going to be joining in on some of those sessions because do you know what? I've just realized we need support in life. Like life is hard enough and
1: yes, it's <laughs> yes. fine
0: to do these things on your own, but bloody hell, it's so much nicer when you've got someone else to, to help you, guide you, do it with whatever it may be. You know, that friend, yeah. that coach, that mentor, however it comes out i just think you know let's all embrace support a bit more
2: yeah definitely definitely get together have some chill times get to know some people like and like i said it's like group setting is great for not taking things seriously because it, it just turns into a, a bit of a, a bit of a giggle i guess
0: yes yes yeah. oh well thank you so much caitlin and i look forward to sharing this with everyone and to chatting to you more in the future
2: oh thank you so much for having me alan this has been so much fun
0: Oh, love it. Well, take care and I shall speak soon.
2: Yeah, you too. Thank you.
1: Hold up. What was that?
0: Bringing on board the right kind of support can be the missing piece of the puzzle that so many of us don't realise we actually need. What would you do if you had the most epic support squad by your side? What would that unleash in you and what would it make possible for you in your life? If you're wondering how to start figuring that out, if you've got no idea where to start, I've got the perfect thing for you. My quiz, Are You More Michelle, Gaga or Mindy? and What Would Their Support Squad Unleash in You? is now live. You can find the link to it in the show notes and in the bio. Don't wait another moment. Hop on over to the quiz to find out who you're channeling now.